Good Nature Wellness Podcast, Episode 13. Hello and welcome to the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. This podcast is all about discovering how you can transform, re-energize, and strengthen your body naturally with the healing power of food to regain control over your health, reclaim your energy, feel better, look better, and be stronger for life. I'm your host, board-certified master health and wellness coach, Barbara Walsh. Welcome back, you guys. I am super excited that you are joining me today for the continuation of my chat with emotional eating expert, Eva Peatlock. Eva actually struggled with inflammatory bowel disease and emotional eating for over 10 years. After gaining control over these issues, Eva trained as a certified life coach, an eating psychology coach, and she's also a certified health coach, just like me. In the first half of our conversation, Eva shared her inspiring story and her amazing insights on how we can understand our hunger cues and identify if they're driven by actual physical hunger or our emotions, and how we can take control of our eating habits. If you haven't had a chance to listen in on part one of my interview with Eva, you'll definitely want to check out episode 12 of the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. Today, we're jumping right back in where we left off to discuss the cycle of emotional eating and how to overcome it. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to get started. So here again is Eva Peatlock. There was another post on your feed that I was looking at too, which I thought was really cool. And it ties together, obviously, which was the cycle of emotional eating, which goes like this, a negative emotion, which leads to an irresistible urge to eat which leads to overeating to numb the emotion, which leads to a temporary feeling of relief, which leads to feeling guilty for overeating, and then the cycle starts all over again. So I thought that was really interesting. Again, it might seem simple, but I don't think people make these associations. I know I never did. I was a kid who struggled with my weight for years, and it wasn't until much later in my life that I realized that there are other things that are a lot more important than my weight, number one, but number two, after the things that I um, experienced going through my breast cancer journey, I realized that food is created to nourish the body and it also is satisfying in its own way because it tastes amazing. And the other side of food is supportive for all of your body system. But I think for many years, I would categorize my foods like these foods are bad, these foods are good, or I would always be on a diet because I was always trying to lose weight. I, I, <laughs> I kind of grew up in the shadow of my sister who was one of these people that never gained a pound no matter what she ate. And it was really a frustrating thing because even though parents don't mean to do it, they end up comparing you. You get compared a lot. So I grew up feeling like I couldn't measure up to expectations. And I was always being encouraged to restrict food or the amount of food or the types of food that I ate so I could try to lose weight, which only made me want to eat more. So I would eat. And every time I would eat, I would feel guilty and bad about myself, which again, only made me want to eat more. And so that I think feeds in a lot with this emotional thing. So I grew up feeling like there were certain foods, you know, diet foods that were good, celery was good, carrots were good, things like that were good. 
And foods that I, like you said earlier, that I would really crave, which was never celery or carrots, (laughs) it was always, you know, like cake or or chocolate or soda, you know, the sweeter, the better. That's, that's where, that's where I was at at the time. So those were always bad, but, but I think by categorizing it that way, I actually set myself up to want it more because it's like, you know, that forbidden fruit. It's like, if you totally lop it off, like you can't have it. I think it just actually the Bible says that it brings up every desire in you that that you got to have the thing that you deny yourself. So that I think was interesting. And when I look at this whole idea of emotional eating and identifying what's triggering that, I could see how choices that people make are actually skewed by this type of thinking. So what are your thoughts on that? Yes, I agree. And it's actually, it's quite often we come, but someone says, oh, something is good food or bad food, like you were saying, or like, oh, I will treat myself to a cake because the cake is bad. So I will treat myself and have the cake or a whatever it is, or ice cream, or I would treat myself. And um, in a sense, yeah, because we don't treat ourselves with a stick of a celery stick. <laughs> again, it's one of those. But I think because, again, it's in within our culture, and, you know, your parents will never say to you, no, don't, don't eat carrots, don't eat celery, don't eat, you know. But like then when you start eating sweets or candy or cakes, they will say, okay, you've had enough, or maybe later, or, you know, you've been good, so have that cake or sweets or whatever it is or ice cream and I think like what you were saying that it's like the forbidden fruit because if I would tell you or if I would say to the audience don't think about the elephant or don't think in an elephant in a nice safari in Africa somewhere you're gonna think about it right right right? it's always like that don't think about a red car driving now in the middle of new york or london or whatever you're gonna think about that red car and you're gonna see it probably everywhere now all of the, all of the sudden you're coming out of the house you see red cars left right everywhere because this is how we programmed we this is how the body's programmed and this is how we are programmed but and we also like to label things i think you know like we like to say oh this is bad this is good or i treat myself to a glass of wine or i treat myself because I work hard whole day. And of course, it's nice to have a glass of wine at the end of the day, but do we have to categorize it? Do we have to label it? Do we have to say, oh, it's bad or good or like a piece of cake or biscuits or cookie? Oh, I might have a tea. Was I good today? Oh, I was good today. So I might have a biscuit with my tea, right? It's very English way. Oh, I will have this ice cream, but then I will have salad in for dinner. We kind of like to categorize things like good and bad. And this is wrong because then it plays up with our mind because the more we categorize the food and we say it's good or bad, the more we actually crave this so-called quote-unquote bad food because that's how it is. So like if anyone told me like I love ice cream and I eat ice cream, it's winter, no winter. If I, if I want ice cream, I would eat ice cream because I mean, why not, right? Obviously, I've learned now to control myself and I can have a little bit of ice cream because I've had this journey and I've healed. But obviously, but I'm not going to say, oh, I shouldn't, or probably not, it's better not. Oh my God, it's winter, you're eating ice cream. How ridiculous is that? Oh, something like that. No, because the more we say no to ourselves, the more we want something. Yeah. And it's our natural natural human being kind of behavior, I think, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I do think that's yeah. true. So having said that, what would you say to the person who has been trying to lose weight 
and maybe they've tried everything and they've been unsuccessful. Um, or maybe they've had a little bit of success and then they've ended up going back and regaining everything that they lost or maybe gained more weight or something. What would you say to them if you're presenting this whole new concept to them that nothing is off limits? And so how does a person who struggled with their weight and maybe struggles with portion control, how would you say that is going to help them? And what would you say to them that would help them see the value of changing the way that they view it? Well, it's kind of relates to what I was saying before, that we need to listen to our bodies, especially the hunger cues and uh, satiety cues. And from what I teach my clients, it's about the balance and mindful eating, what I mentioned before. And obviously this is, I mean, coming out of like emotional eating, it's a, it's a long journey. It doesn't happen overnight, of course. And it's, it's a long journey. And you will have ups and downs, of course. But I think the main thing is to understand our bodies and fuel our bodies when we have our hunger cues. So listening to our bodies. And with portion control, I know because I used to not have a portion control whatsoever. Me that too. is just did not exist. Yeah. And again, I had to learn and it took me really, really long time. But the main thing is to stay present and think, do I really need this one more or do I need it or do I, I've satisfied my hunger, I've satisfied my craving, I've satisfied, I'm good, I'm going to go for a walk, I'm going to go listen to some music, I'm going to go play with my dog or my child or whatever or something like that. And I know it's easier to say than done and it takes long, long time. But it's one of those things that, you know, you have to learn about yourself and also learning about the triggers and learning about your mind, what's causing those things. And with losing weight, it's a long journey and it should be so they can maintain sustainable lifestyle habits and to make it last forever, last longer. It's not a diet, but it's like three months and you're losing 20 pounds or whatever. It's just to make you sustainable lifestyle choices. And that includes a lot of things like what I was saying before, like the our body is so complex, but in the same time, so simple that we have to be active. So try to go for walks, do some things, especially when the weather is nice, maybe go for a bike ride or whatever. Be active all the time because it's also good for your mind. And also eating nutritious food, make sure you have those macros, but you don't restrict because we do need carbs. We do. We do. And we do need uh, yes, and, and we fats. do. <laughs> yes, and we also actually the main actually problem what I've learned, but actually fiber. A lot of people have fiber deficiency, and we don't really even talk about it because it's always protein, protein, and more protein, less carbs, and mostly we concentrate on this. But actually, fiber is the one of the good macros that we should add to our diet and uh, hydrating sleeping well, resting as well. It's so important because we sometimes take for granted how the rest is so important for what we do at night. It's so important for how we're going to be in the morning because how many times we had a bad night's sleep and then in the morning, you know, we probably in a bad mood and reaching for food. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. So I think it's overall, it's like a big, big journey. It's a huge journey, but it's important to actually touch on every single part of this, our body, because we are all kind of connected. All of those little elements are connected together into little us. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Everything impacts something else, which is really, really true. And yeah. it's really cool what you were saying about, we know the movement factor is a huge one. Not only that, but I think for some people who don't like exercise, 
guilty as charged. I don't really love exercise, but I've learned to really enjoy it because of the way I feel afterward. And I'm not even saying my body, just the way I feel mentally afterward. And that's because of all of that, that dopamine that gets released into your brain that satisfies you. And that's actually the same chemical reaction that you have when you eat sweet food. So it's kind of interesting that you can incorporate some of these other things and you can get satisfied in different ways that maybe you never thought were possible. And then not only that, but it's benefiting your body in another way. So it's it, those two things are coupled. And then also the sleep factor is a huge one because your body is doing so much regenerative work while you're sleeping that if you're not sleeping, that you're going to be deficient in a lot of ways. And then also the idea of not limiting those kind of nutrients that our bodies are craving. And I have found through things that I have researched that that actually can be a trigger for hunger because your body's dying for nutrients. I mean, I think probably we are just as people in general are pretty lacking in that we're actually well fed, but we're kind of starving at the same time because our bodies are looking for certain nutrients or even like I found that at four o'clock, you start feeling tired. And then my tendency would have been grab a candy bar, grab something sweet, eat a cookie. But really, my body is tired and it's looking for something that's going to give me energy. So that's when a good choice comes in, like where you're saying, like swapping out instead of just grabbing that cookie, grab something that's got fiber, that's got good fat, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's got some, some protein in there, because then you're going to be satisfying your body's physical hunger and then eating that type of a combination, especially fiber, it's going to support your digestion. It's also going to stabilize your blood sugar so you're not going to feel like you're going to die because you've got to eat something in a second. You'll be able to actually maintain more steady blood sugar levels and then also you'll actually maintain a good metabolism, which is really important for people who are trying to lose weight. Yeah, definitely. Well, when you're dieting and when you restrict certain macronutrients, uh, which usually is carbs and sugar, you're actually slowing down your metabolism. That's the main, main thing that impact, which we don't realize at the time, obviously, when we are doing it. But then, and this is why pretty much I've had the statistics somewhere, 90 something percent of people who lost weight, because we, we do lose weight when we diet, but over 90 percent, which is a lot, gain weight afterwards. And yeah. this is one of the reasons, because we slow down our metabolism. So the minute we go back to reintroducing those foods, because there is no way we can not eat carbs for the rest of their lives or fats or etc., because it's always going to be in us. That's why people tend to put straight away that weight on and even most of the times even more because the body is confused what's going on and the slow metabolism is triggering that yeah and it makes even worse and then the people obviously then get upset that they put on weight and i mean i'm not saying everyone but mostly ladies especially for us because you know and they get upset and we go for another yet another diet sure we study another diet sure and then psychologically Uh, you're like you're berating yourself you feel guilty you feel like you're a failure and then you know, it's like that cycle that you were talking about, that emotional eating cycle. And I think that that's something really 
that's most people don't realize that it's happening, but it's actually happening a lot to a lot, a lot of people. So it's really important. And the other reason, too, to add to what you were saying about why people regain it is because in that diet mentality, you're not addressing any of your habits at all. You're just sort of following some sort of regimented kind of cookie cutter plan that probably worked for somebody even though you may not know what the long-term effects were, like maybe that worked for people, but then they they gained it back. You don't really know. But you're never really addressing your own behaviors. And I know that probably sounds scary to a lot of people, addressing my behaviors. But the point is that you have to find balance, like how these things are going to work with your life. Because anything that you do that you can't sustain you're not going to gain any real long-term benefit from. That's the whole idea behind eating mindfully, you know, this kind of awareness, so that that way you can make your own choices and you can become empowered to say, okay, well, is the food controlling me or am I controlling the food? You know, is my life running me or am I running my life? It's all kind of tied together when you look at it that way because it's so important to really address those things and, and it's empowering in a way. I think if you share that with people, some people might say, oh my gosh, that's too much work. I don't want to do that. But if you're willing to look a little bit deeper, you can really kind of regain control of your health and your situation. And then you even can enjoy eating food again without feeling guilty every time you eat it or without feeling like you're being punished or deprived in some way if you don't. I think those are important things for people to think about, or at least I thought it was important. Definitely. Yeah, really kind of revelatory in a way. So <laughs> That's one of the things that you just touched on uh, in the last couple of sentences, that people feel guilty and they feel really bad about themselves. And this is what the emotional eating cycle is because we there is one emotion that triggers the emotional eating. We're satisfied um that you know that trigger the urge to eat with food and then we feel actually bad and we feel ashamed and guilty but we did it but it happened but oh my god and a, a lot of people then say but you know about the willpower which has nothing to do with willpower but we think that we don't have willpower right. we're which, weak yeah exactly exactly and we feel bad and then the cycle continues and continues and uh, and it's so important that's why it's so important to separate it all and um, yeah because like you say that whether it's us that controls the food or the food controls us right it's, right yeah. and the yeah. other really interesting yeah. thing about that too is that it's kind of a universal thing that affects a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. So if that's something that anyone has struggled with over the years, it doesn't make you less of a person. I think by looking at it for what it is and not associating anything with it like a blame or that there was something wrong with you because you didn't know this or you didn't do something about it sooner, knowing what you know now that gives you the power to kind of maybe reassess what you do. Think more about how you eat and maybe just try to take some of these concepts and see how you can apply them every day. And then the cumulative effect of that is going to be something really positive for your body and your mind, really. Yeah, because it's important to ask yourself again with emotional hunger and physical hunger and like actually ask yourself, why am I eating? How am I eating? How much am I eating? How do I feel about the food that I'm going to consume? Or how do I feel afterwards when I eat? 
it's so important to actually ask ourselves the question, especially in the beginning of the journey, um, healing journey, to actually understand it. Because, yeah, to avoid this kind of then feeling bad about ourselves and feeling guilty and as kind of scrutinizing ourselves over everything and counting berries or counting this and you know that and the counting calories and weight as well we're talking about going on a scales every day it's too much we put too much pressure on ourselves i yeah. think i know I, I know it is hard because this is the society we live in you know social media and everyone you know we were kind of surrounded by this that and the other and a certain looks but we put so much pressure on ourselves. We give each other that pressure that we need to look certain way or we have to behave certain way. Mm-hmm. And then we feel bad. If we go on a diet, we feel bad because it's difficult to stick probably to these rules. And uh, the diets are like, they're never going to tell you side effects. So they're never going to tell you what's <laughs> happening. They never. They, they promise you everything and anything in God knows what. And... <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, we believe it because, yeah, or like you say, maybe it happened to someone else, but everyone is different. All our bodies are different. Our metabolism is different. Our habits are different. You know, how we grew up, even from then, from like early, from childhood, it all starts there. So, yeah, it's true. I know from my own personal journey, once I, and it wasn't even my intention, but once I changed my focus to what food is going to help my body to heal from cancer, that was the focus. Once I changed to that and I made all those intentional choices like this food is going to be good for this organ and this food is good for my blood, that was my mindset. I mean, once I did that, the weight just like, fell off. I mean, literally, and you have to try and have to think about it, nothing. And you know, it's been five years, and I haven't gained that back. So what does that tell you about the diet mindset versus the yeah. How am I supporting my body mindset? You know, it's yeah. like, it's so huge. Yeah. It's so huge. It's important to find your, like you say, you find your own balance and uh, what your body needs because we are all different and uh, we all different react and different feel things and um, what might work for someone might not work for you know someone else Um, that is true totally true uh, yeah it's an interesting subject (laughs) (laughs) it is it is but it's so awesome that you actually do this. It's so cool that you had really great success in your own life by educating yourself and applying what you've learned and making those positive changes. And it's even better that you're out there and you're sharing what you know so you can help other people. It's pretty amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> so tell me, how can people reach out to you if they're interested in learning more about what you do yes so as you know pretty active on instagram Mm -hmm. they can always uh, reach out to me on instagram and i do have a facebook group as well but instagram probably is the the easiest for the website as well okay i will definitely post your links in the notes to the show oh yeah of course so that that way uh, people can reach out to you if they want to learn more Yeah. yeah Thank you so much. Eva, it was so great having you. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time out to talk with me about this today. I think this is a topic that really could help a lot of people. And I'm really excited to have met you and to get to know you. And I look forward to getting to know you even more. So likewise. And thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. It's, it's great. <laughs> it was great. I really loved spending yeah, time with you. you today. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, (laughs) that was amazing. 
Honestly, I am blown away by what Eva Peatlock had to say. Our conversation has given me a completely new perspective on what it means to be an emotional eater. Understanding the cycle and how to recognize the signs are both so important, and learning how to use mindfulness to do something about it is so empowering. And you know what? This topic really got me thinking. So I did a little bit of research, and I was surprised to learn that 38% of adults say that they eat or overeat because of emotional stressors, and 57% of adults who are overweight admit to habitual emotional eating. Statistics like these are pretty eye-opening. So if you struggle with emotional eating, you are definitely not alone. But the good news is that you don't have to stay trapped in the cycle of emotional eating. It's okay to talk about it and ask for help. And a great place to start is by working with a certified life coach or an eating psychology coach or a board-certified health coach. Helping people overcome emotional eating is one of the main focuses of Eva's work. So if you want to know more, be sure to check her out on Instagram at recreate.your.wellness. And you can find her links to her Facebook page and her website in the show notes for this episode too. If you're curious about my story of overcoming breast cancer naturally with the power of nutrition and prayer, no surgery, no radiation or chemo, and how I lost 30 pounds in the process without dieting, be sure to check out some of my earlier episodes of the Good Nature Wellness Podcast, especially episode one, How Breast Cancer Changed My Life for the Better. And if you're ready to find out what health coaching and the healing power of food can do in your own life, let's talk. Getting in touch is as easy as sending an email. My email address is barbara at goodnaturewellness.com or you can reach out to me on Instagram at good underscore nature underscore wellness. My links will be in the show notes as well. I'll keep an eye out for your email and I can't wait to chat with you. And by the way, I'd love to hear your biggest takeaway from today's interview. So please leave a comment for this episode. Or if you or someone else that you know has struggled with emotional eating, your story is really important. So it would be great if you'd share it so we can keep the conversation going. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. And if you know someone else who would benefit from hearing this conversation, please share it with them too. And don't forget to subscribe to the Good Nature Wellness Podcast to be notified when new episodes are released because you don't want to miss a thing. Thank you so much for tuning in today for the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. I'll see you next time. Disclaimer. The Good Nature Wellness Podcast offers information about nutrition, health, and wellness that is designed for educational purposes only. Any opinions expressed or information that is presented by NBC HWC Board Certified Master Health Coach Barbara Walsh is not a substitution for, nor should it be used as a replacement for medical advice or to diagnose or treat any medical condition. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult your physician or other healthcare professional. Do not disregard, avoid, or delay seeking medical advice or treatment from your physician or other healthcare professional because of something that you may have heard in this podcast. Please note that while every effort is made to broadcast information that has been carefully researched and is current, ongoing developments in medical research may impact health, wellness, and nutritional advice included in this podcast. 
No assurance can be given that information or advice included in this podcast will always include the most recent findings or developments related to the material in this or any episode. Any information provided in this podcast is to be used solely at your own risk. Under no circumstances will Barbara Walsh, Holy Health Coaching, LLC, DBA, Good Nature Wellness, be responsible for damages in connection with the use of this podcast.